You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Father, we pray you open our eyes to build wonderful things from your word. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. We pray, open our eyes and speak to us. We pray. Amen. Amen. So keeping the fire burning. Leviticus 6, verse 5 in the Parsha today, uh, which Suzanne read beautifully from earlier, but this verse, uh, verse 6, verse 5, chapter 6, verse 5 says, The fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. And what must not happen to the fire on the altar? It must not go out. Yes, don't let it go out. That would be for the Beit Mikdash, for the temple. It was for the, both temples. It was for the uh, Mishkan, for the tabernacle before the temple. Don't let the fire go out. Now, Purim, Purim, is over. Um, Anyone get to see? uh, There's some great, great videos that came out afterwards. We celebrated it early this year. Uh, Maybe next year we'll do it on Purim itself, which was Wednesday night, technically. But we had a great service. It was so crazy. I love living in Nashville. 40 degrees from one day to the difference from one. (laughs) So we were like sub-degree freezing weather last week. And I know some of you couldn't come. uh, But we had had still a great turnout, you know. um, And uh, and it was a great time. Uh, So we celebrated early. And uh, it was was a wonderful time of celebration. um, But Purim is over. But the story of Esther and Mordechai really continues in Ukraine, in Ukraine, with a present-day Mordechai in our midst. Really, very likely, um, many believe. President Vladimir Zelensky in Kiev. Uh, I was in Kiev years ago uh, after it was just freed from communism. And, um, and, he, and you know the quote he said. Maybe you know the quote. He said, I need ammunition, not a ride. When responding to an offer from us, from the U.S., to help him evacuate. And uh, when a reporter asked him how he was doing, given the circumstances, here's what he said. He said, my life today is wonderful. He said, I believe that I'm needed. That's the most important sense of life, that you're needed. That, That you are not just an emptiness that breathes and walks and eats something. That's a great statement. I like that. Barry Weiss of Common Sense writes, I cannot help but notice the gap between them, the Ukrainians, and us. Between the bigness of their vision and their mission and the smallness of ours. Between the moral clarity and our moral, between their moral clarity and our moral confusion. Between their spine and our spinelessness, between their courage and our epidemic of cowardice. How, could, how would we act if the guns were to our heads? Would we similarly feel no choice but to fight for our home, for everything we love? And she notes that while we're not in a physical war here, we are in an ideological one. And, that, and she says we're losing badly because we're, not, we're unserious. 
So Mordechai, Zelensky, and I know some say, well, maybe he's luring us into war and this is bad. And I don't know. I'm not a politician I'm not a, and I'm not a prophet. I don't, I'm not going to tell you. I could be, you know, these, you get into these areas, you have to be careful. We can all be wrong on, on things. But I'll tell you, we admire the courage of those people, no matter what. Anyone has to. And, and he's a leader that has mobilized their courage to stand for, for their homeland and not to give up. And millions of Ukrainian men and women fighting, fearless, on fire, and the fire is not going out. And here we have in Leviticus, or Vayikra, chapter 6, and notice, by the way, note, note that in your Bibles it might be like 6-1, might be 6-9 in your translation, depending on the translation you're, you're using. It describes what is called the Ola. Let's say the Ola. Ola. Sounds like hola in Spanish, right? Hola. <laughs> but it's spelled, you know, ayin, and should be really, I think, a, a vav there, or holim, you know, and, uh, and then a lamed and a hey. Hola, the elevation offering, the burnt offering, which was the first sacrifice in the inauguration of Aaron and his sons, assuming the, the priesthood and beginning of their careers as priests or koanim. So it's difficult for us to visualize all of the animal sacrifices we see and the offerings and the blood, and we read about not having a temple today. It's difficult. And these were first brought and done at the tabernacle, the Mishkan, and then later at the temple, the holy temple, the Beit HaMikdash, the first and then the second temple. And so in verse 2 of chapter 6, command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the Torah of the burnt offering, the Olah. The burnt offering shall remain on the hearth atop the altar all night until the morning, while the fire of the altar is kept burning on it. So this offering, these were burnt offerings, one, on the, one in the afternoon or the evening, so to speak, afternoon and evening, and one in the morning. And the, the word ola means, it's from uh, ola, really from the root to rise up, to rise up. Why? It's totally, it's rising up to God. It's totally consumed. It's, it's an aroma to God. It's, it's totally consumed. It's burnt up until nothing is left but ashes. Unlike other sacrifices, none of it was eaten. It all ascends to God and then is discarded. The ashes are discarded. So maybe one application, it's a picture in one way of us giving our everything to the Lord, to the Messiah. We give our all to the Lord, right? To our Messiah, to our King. We give our everything. We give our all for the gospel. We give our all until we're consumed for his sake. Paul said, I am, give everything for the Messiah's sake, for the gospel's sake. 1 Corinthians 9, 23 and 1 Corinthians uh, 4, 5, he says, I do all things for Messiah's sake. Everything for your sake, for the Messiah's. He says, uh, whether in my body, whether I give my body, whether I live or whether I die in Philippians 1, 20, he says, for me to live is Messiah. For me to die is what? Is gain. It's better. We, we're consumed for his sake. It's, it's a, a beautiful picture of that. Nothing left. And in verses 3 and 4, the Kohen, the priest, is to remove the fat, the ashes uh, where, from where the fire has consumed this 
olah on the altar and put them beside the altar. Then he's to take off his garments, put on other ones, and carry the ashes outside the camp. Get rid of the ashes. It was an important job, not a menial job. There's no menial jobs in the congregation, by the way, putting away things that Bruce and other, some that help him, Thomas, I haven't seen him in a while. You know, people helping, it's, that's not a menial job. That's an important job. Just as important as everything's all works together. Very important. And, and God sees it. And, uh, and in verses 5 and 6, the fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. And, and by the way, I shouldn't just mention that. I should mention putting away uh, dirty diapers in the, in the nursery, you know, or, or whatever we're doing, anything, things that people don't see. The fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. It must not go out, verses 5 and 6. Second time he's saying it. Each morning the Kohen is to burn wood on it, laying the burnt offering in order, in order upon it and burning up the, uh, as smoke the fat of the fellowship offerings. Fire is to be kept burning on the altar continually. It must not go out. So the fire never does go out. It was, it's not to go out. Now, let's say, let me say this. The fire of worship never goes out in heaven, I was thinking. In, you know, the heaven, you know, heaven is, how do you say heaven? Uh, um, Andrew, tell, us, tell everyone how to say heaven. In. Shemaim, right? Yeah. It's plural. It's a plural words. Really, heavens. You know, Paul speaks about uh, being taken to the third heaven, right? Uh, I think there's some rabbinic thoughts of seven heavens, you know, but whether, whether there's three or, you know, but it, it's a plural word. There's not really. So heaven is, I mean, but there's worship constantly going on, always, always. God is being worshiped. The Lord is being worshipped in heaven. It says there are seven torches of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. It says, now I don't know what that means. Maybe the seven spirits of God. Maybe the sevenfold spirit. Many believe it. Isaiah 11 talks about this sevenfold spirit of God. Uh, the four living creatures, they do not rest day or night chanting, Kadosh, Kadosh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, who was, is, is to come. We just heard, and maybe we'll sing, maybe we'll just sing that song in, now in a minute. The 24 elders fall down, the one seated on the throne, and worship him. The 12, 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, singing a new song. The voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders. Myriads, myriads, and myriads, thousands, thousands chanting with a thousand, a loud voice, and Every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and everything in them, chapters 4 and 5 of the book of Revelation or the Apocalypse, talking about this worship that's constantly going on in heaven all the time. The fire of worship, worshiping God all the time. Amazing. It never goes out. Maybe we'll do it at the end. We'll see at the end. Diane, we'll see at the end. This is a song that... I wrote years ago to Revelation 4.11. But the fire must not die out in, at the temple altar. The temple altar. Think about it. During the day as well as the night. Now, even on the Shabbat, the Sabbath, fuel was to be placed on the altar. By means of the two daily burnt offerings, a perpetual fire was kept burning. Moses' altar... 
according to the rabbis, whether this happened or not, but this is interesting, thoughts in, in the Talmud, Moses' altar burnt for 116 years, 39, uh, this is 39 years in the wilderness, 14 at Gil, in Gilgal, 13 in Nob, and 50 in Gibeon. Just interesting. According to Josephus, in the time of the second temple, there was a special day set apart. He says, quote, when it was customary for everyone to bring wood, any type, any type except olive tree wood or grapevines. When you go to Israel, everyone brings back, you know, you buy olive tree wood, especially up in the, uh, no, that's in Jerusalem, over in Jerusalem. You buy olive tree wood, but also canary. And, uh, and they'd buy this wood for the altar, according to Josephus. Bring this wood, rather, for the altar, not buy. Bring it for the altar. And that, and that there uh, might never be a want of fuel for the fire, which was unquenchable, he says, and it was always burning. But how do I keep my fire burning? How do I keep my fire and my offering atop, my, atop this altar? How do I keep the fire from going out in my life? You know, Isaiah 4.4 talks about the spirit of burning, the spirit of burning. I want to give you several, ways, several thoughts. And the first is the word of God. Jeremiah 23.29 says God's word is as a fire. It's not my word as a fire and a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. God's word is a fire. Jeremiah says in chapter, he says in chapter 20, verse 9, it's, he quotes him saying, he says, when I tried to not talk about you, tried to be quiet, he said, your word was in me, a burning fire shut up in my bones. I couldn't keep the word of God. Because he hid the word of God, it was in his heart. Because we, when we hide the word of God, again, I say it all the time, you know, because I, I, I love it when Sabina Wormbrandt said, and I guess there's a film out on her now, um, that uh, so John told me, uh, a, a beautiful uh, film, film on her, her life, but she said, I heard her, I remember when she was saying, she says, hide the word of God in your heart where no one can take it from you. You know, she was pleading with us. She says, hide the word of God, because they had no, no, no they know, they did that when they were in prison, communist prison in Romania, and they were, couldn't, didn't have a Bible. She said, hide it, it, hide it where no one can take it, no human being can take it from you. Psalm 119, 111, verse 11, of course, hide God, a word if I treasured or hidden my heart. That, you know, that, that, uh, and, and so we hide it in our hearts. And Jeremiah says it was, burnt, it was shut up in my bones. When the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared and spoke to Moses, he spoke to him from a burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, remember? And I love this passage in Luke 24. Turn over there if you have your Bibles for just a minute. Luke 24, so you can see it. But if not, just listen. But this is a beautiful verse. Yeshua said, uh, the, the disciples, after Yeshua's resurrection, I can't wait. We're going to celebrate Passover pretty soon. It's in what, like four weeks, five weeks, six weeks? It's coming soon. I have to look on the calendar. It's like four or five weeks, right? How many weeks away? Help me out. Three weeks? Is that soon? No. Four weeks, right? I think like four, yeah? All right, well, Luke, 20, Luke 24, and we're going to, and we come to, pa or, and, and in this after his, after Passover, and then his resurrection, the, the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, the, I mean, not the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, Passover and the resurrection, uh, and he's with his disciples 
before his ascension. He's with him. And remember, he's walking. This is my favorite post-resurrection story where he's walking with those two disciples. I love that painting of it, you know, where they're walking on the, you know, and they're talking together. And he said, they said in verse 32, did not our heart burn within us later after he sits with them? Well, he's, he, they, 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 they get him to stay with them um, and to eat with him, them. They convince him. They have to, he, he, he makes them persuade. He gets them to persuade him. He acts like he doesn't want to stay, like he's going to keep going. But they urge him, verse 29, to stay with us. Stay with us. It's nearly evening. And so he went in to stay with them. And then that's when he breaks the, uh, the matzah in verse 30. You know, it was matzah. Unleavened bread it was matzah. And says the blessing, the bracha. And he broke it like we do on Passover. And, and then their eyes were opened. And then he, they recognized him then because they didn't realize it was Yeshua. And he disappears. And we believe it was, you know, that was, I think it was like the Afikomen revisited, you know. It was like, oh, my gosh, that's what you're, that's, this is what was happening. So, uh, but that, I love this verse, 32. They said to one another, didn't our heart burn within us while he was speaking with us on the road, while he was expounding, while he was explaining, or uh, what does it say here? Yeah, he was explaining, opening up. Yeah, King James says, opening up the scriptures to us. So opening up. So when God is speaking to us, you know, hearing God's voice through his word, through the Holy Spirit, it talks about the voice of the Lord is upon uh, the waters, you know, in Psalm 29. The word, the Holy Spirit upon the word of God. And we hear God's voice through his word, Holy Spirit through the word of God. There's nothing like hearing his voice. Uh, that ignites that fan of flame in our heart, in our hearts, into a fire, doesn't it? When we hear it. And what, were they, what was he speaking to them about? Well, look in verse 27. He says, was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer and enter these things, these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Torah and prophets, he explained to them the things written, what? About Who? Himself, yeah, himself in all the scriptures. Yeshua-centered, Yeshua-centered. Keep the focus on Yeshua, on Jesus, on the Messiah. He's the center. Nothing else, he's got to be the center. So hearing the voice of God through the scriptures. But Yeshua-centered teaching, it's got to be centered around him. Be careful of any teaching that gets off-centered, that gets on something else other than him. And I've said this again and again and again, and I'll keep coming back to it, because we've seen where people get off onto something else, and they focus more on that thing, and they get, and Yeshua becomes a side, almost like on a side issue, and he's just the, he's just the, you know, oh yeah, you know, he, he's important, but not as the central. He, they said, oh no. He said, it's all about the things concerning himself. And that's what makes our hearts burn, knowing him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord, Hosea 6, verse 3. His going forth is sure as the dawn. I love that verse, Hosea 6, 3. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own, your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge. It means yada, know him. In all your ways, know him. It's the same word, yada. Know him, and he will direct your paths. It's a fellowship. It's a relationship with him. He'll, he'll direct your paths. 
that Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know him in Philippians 3.10. It's all about this being centered on him. Thirdly, those are two things. Third, and a third, the revelation of his love for me. How do I keep my heart on fire? The revelation, the, the revelation of his love for me as my bridegroom. Uh, in Song of Songs 8 verse 6, he says, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Its flames are as flames, are, are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. When the Lord gives me a revelation of uh, his love for me, right? When he, think about it when that's happened. When he gives a revelation of his love for you as he's the bride, he's the groom, you're the bride. He's your husband, you're his wife, you're, his, you're, you're joined to him. Uh, he that is joined to the Lord in 1 Corinthians six seventeen uh, is one spirit. We are joined to the Lord like Israel married to the Lord. We are joined to the Lord. We are Second uh, Corinthians eleven uh, one. We're, and that revelation when God illuminates that, and we're in that relationship that that keeps our us keeps the fire burning. It ignites the fire. Another thing is sharing Yeshua with someone who doesn't know Him. Also in Song of Songs, and I marked that in my Bible. I thought maybe I'll just read that too. Song of Songs chapter five is an amazing. And we're not going to read the whole thing, but you read verses 9 through 16. In verse 9, it's interesting. She's kind of, I think she's been beaten up and she's, she's, she's in a, a, a difficult condition. And in verse 9, she's, she's, she's feeling sorry for herself. She's very filled with, you know, self, uh, you know, with, she's depressed. She's feeling all self, you know, uh, what is the word? I, anyway, she's, she's just down on, down on herself, down on everything, and she's, you know, self-absorbed. Uh, and then in verse 9, they, they, they question her. They said, how is your lover different from, all, from other lovers, O most beautiful among women? How is your lover different from other lovers you, that you so charge us? And then she starts to describe her lover. She starts to describe him. She says, my lover is dazzling and ruddy and standing at him. And she starts describing her beloved and she ends up coming out of her depression because she talks all about how amazing he is. And she concludes at the end, his mouth is sweetness. Yes, he's totally lovely. I don't like this translation on this, but he's totally desirable. This is my lover. Yes, this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. You know, and she comes out of it because she's saying, he's awesome. He's amazing. There's no one like him. Now, did you ever notice when you start to talk to someone else about the Lord and you share how, what he's done, that no matter what you are going through, it doesn't matter anymore. It takes you out of your little world and the little problems you're and the things, and they all become, they become very little, and you say, it's all about him. He's so great. It's so amazing. You've got salvation. You've got eternity to look forward to. Share your faith. Share it with someone that doesn't know the Lord, that says, What's the big thing? I feel so bad. Listen, I feel so bad for someone that has a worldview that has no hope in it, that has no belief in eternal life, that has no notion of what happens when we die. Don't you? I mean, I feel bad. I thought of that. Then I said, oh, my gosh. I, I watch a certain program. I know I record, you know, of a certain <laughs> news program, you know, and I say, he's great. I love his views on news. Say, but how sad I'm praying for. Gosh, give him a revelation because he doesn't believe in you, God. He doesn't know you, you know. And how, 
how, uh, how sad if someone doesn't know what happens when we die and says, maybe there's nothing else. I don't know. It's all over. That's it. No, there's so much. So, but share your faith with someone. Share the Lord. Share Yeshua. When we say your faith, you know, share him who is the faith with someone. And uh, then, then uh, another thing that get, keeps the, gets the fire going is serving, giving to others. You know, as we serve, Romans 12:11 says that that will stir up the fire. Uh, the Lord will give back to you as you give out. God Yeshua said, give and it will be given back to you. You know, Proverbs is filled. You start giving, you give and start serving someone else and God will, uh, you'll be surprised what that'll do. Community, kahila. You know, the word kahila for, to, for the, 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 the body of Messiah, the, the church, the kahila, the, the synagogue, whatever term we want to use. The, you know what, what it means? It means we mobilize for a purpose, mobilize for a mission. We gather together. You know, one piece of wood will burn out, but together we burn well. You know, we burn well. And we're on mission together. We, we pray together. I remember that story, and that's another one. Pray, well, that's the last one, praying. But, but uh, in the story of Charles Spurgeon, uh, I mean, we heard that, you know, the great preacher in England, you know, had such revival. They say there was so, much, so many people coming to the Lord, and they said, what's the secret of, of, of this? How many people come along? He said, oh, let me show you. There's a, we, have a, it's the, the, we have a great power plant here. Uh, and they said, let me show you the power plant. And he took them uh, down below into the basement, and there were all these people praying, you know. And he says, there's the power plant. You know, this is all the people praying. So it, it's, the, the wood had to constantly be replenished on the altar. Ashes had to constantly, have, had to continually be removed. And the fire grew low. Uh, if the fire grew low, the Kohen had to, needed to stir up the flames to life again. Much more than just flicking a switch or pushing a button, it took constant upkeep, a lot of effort and diligence. So this is, this is the idea. We need community, we need community, and then we need prayer. And, and in closing, I want you to think about it. You know, in the end of the age, as we approach Yeshua's return, and his soon return, many, the, the scripture says in Matthew 24 that many will be led astray uh, by those claiming to have been sent by God. It says, it says it several ways, and I'll just quote a little of Matthew 24 here. It says they'll be claiming to be sent by God and that they have the solution. And that they have the remedy. In other words, be careful. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise up, Yeshua said, against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Are we going to have World War III? Are we going to have nuclear war? I don't know. Is it possible? It certainly is possible because eventually the end of the world is going to come and Yeshua is going to return. World War Z, I don't know. I saw that recently, not too long ago. I like that movie. It was a pretty good movie. <laughs> so bad. But you know what? Uh, it, you know, they're seriously saying, I mean, if, it, if, if things were nuclear missiles are launched, there's really nothing. We, we can't, we're not like Israel. We can't just, fight, you know, knock down all the local missiles. It's not like that. I thought it, maybe it was, but they're saying it's not like that. You can't do it if thousands of missiles are all, are, 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 of warheads are, are leashed, unleashed at the same time. But who's ultimately in control of all of it? The Lord, right? He's on the throne. We don't have to panic. Uh, we're, it's not going to do any good. We, we, we pray. We fight the, against injustice and evil uh, and, do, and do everything we can. And, but we're going to get the 
gospel out. We're going to do everything we can to do what God wants us to do. And if Yeshua said, we will be introduced to persecution and martyrdom. I don't look forward if that happens. And we become the object of hatred, he said, by all nations because of following me. He said, following Yeshua. He says, many will fall away and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Because, of law, because lawlessness, lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow cold. Many will grow cold. Their fires will go out because of lawlessness increasing. But it doesn't have to for you. It doesn't have to for me. And Yeshua said, but the Besorah, the good news, the gospel, will be proclaimed in the whole world and then the end will come. So let's be faithful in taking the gospel into all, the whole world. And we'll have done what God wants us to do, right? And we're only for a little while anyway. Um, and let's let our fire keep burning for the Lord. And we're going to see great things happen before, before that time comes, we pray. Fan into a flame, Second Timothy 1.6 so fan into a flame, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, Paul told Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear or cowardice, fearfulness, but of power and love and a sound mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your, your faithfulness, your commission for us, Lord what you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for the fire on the altar. Lord, help us to keep it, keep the fire stoked, Lord, keep the wood on it, and help us, Lord, to be faithful, found faithful, because you're faithful to us. You will never, never deny us, Lord. You said we're faith, you're faithful to us. So we want to be faithful to you. We love you and praise you. If you've never received Yeshua, you're listening to this, whether you're here today or whether you're watching online, you've never trusted Yeshua, made that initial step, please take it now. Just say, humble yourself. Say, Lord, I need you. Come into my life. Rescue me. Lord, thank you for dying for my sins. I turn to you for forgiveness, for a new start. In Yeshua's name, come into my life. Give me that new start. <laughs> Adonai, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai, turn his face toward you and grant you his shalom. In the name of Yeshua, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat shalom.